0: Traveling the world, searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Sunshine Meadows in beautiful Delray Beach, Florida. Um, Going to have a great show today on the uh, how they get there. The 2024 Kentucky Derby, it's all about the Derby this, this show is and what we're going to be doing here in the future. Uh, all the updates that we're going to have, uh, you'll be able to go to, um, IENTV.org and you will be able to uh, go down to how they get there and you can click on to Derby, Kentucky Derby prep races for 2024. And it has all the upcoming, um, Prep races for the Kentucky Derby, where they earn points to uh, be qualified for the Derby this year. And uh, there's a link there, and it will take you to all the races on the, that day. Uh, like tomorrow, um, we've got four races coming up tomorrow. They will all be live on ientv.org. Uh, you'll be able to go to it. The post times are uh, be on there. Takes you right to right to the track uh, to watch or you can uh, click on to um America's Day at the Races and uh, we'll have them on there for you. And then we also have um a link to each one of the racetracks uh there. So you got three different ways you can watch it however you want to. You just feel whatever's comfortable comfortable for you and everything. So that that'll be good. But uh, the 2024 Kentucky Derby is going to be unusual this year. And I'll tell you why. Um First of all, uh, I really don't start following the Derby. Well, I do follow all the horses coming up for, to the Derby, but I really don't start following them until February. And the reason I do that is because there's a lot of races that are on the cards at different tracks that could be potentially, uh, you know, a, a tune-up or, you know, getting a horse in the right direction for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, sometimes they could be allowance races. Sometimes they could be, uh, you know, stake races, uh, they could even be derby point races is what they could be. So, um, that's why I don't follow until, until, uh, February because now it's really serious. Uh, we've got some horses that have points already that they've come up and, and it's kind of interesting to see what they do, uh, you know, here, uh, in the point system. Um, I tell you, this is after the 12 points that we have here. Um, you know, on on our list uh as of today, uh we have Fierceness, which is Todd Pletcher horse. He's got thirty points. Uh, he's got a million forty five thousand in earnings. We have Locked, which is nineteen points, uh, which is another Todd Pletcher trained horse. Um, he's right there, and then Timberlake by Brad Cox got sixteen. Liberal Arts has thirteen from uh, uh, Robert Medina. Uh, West Saratoga for Larry Dimitri has, uh, 11 and honor, um, Marie, uh, for what Beckman has 10 and out of the conquer, out of the conquer, uh, Steve had also has 10. So, you know, they They've got a solid foundation laid for what they're, what they're going to be doing. Uh, this is, a, this is the interesting part about that is just getting your horse with some derby points and some experience uh, into, uh, you know, in, into racing. And a lot of these horses have come along uh, real well. Uh, like we've been talking about over the past few uh, weeks, we're talking about um, uh, weather. Uh, the weather has been, you know, up and down, up and down. In fact, uh, the, the Southwest Stakes that's going to be run tomorrow at, at Oakland Park, Um they they had to move their uh, date from the twenty seventh to, to to the third, which is to, which is tomorrow, and they, and that's really not going to hurt a horse, you know, three or four days, you know, uh, uh, over the your regular run date. That's not going to hurt them. They're fit. They're ready to go. You know, it's just a matter of tweaking them here and there. So now we got four Derby prep races tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens. This is going to be the true test right now uh, of what kind of horse you have, and you're going to know. After this weekend, you are going to know if you're seriously uh, going to be a contestant for the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Um I tell you, it's there's a lot of headaches behind it. Uh, you know, like we were saying before about the weather and, and the trainer and the owner. You know, they're, they're making some some really uh, hard decisions this weekend uh, about the route they're going to take to their uh, to the Derby. So uh, it's going to be one of those weekends. Uh, we got uh, the Santa Anita. Uh, we've got to, uh, some our race out there with Derby points that are involved. And the, the bad thing about this is. Is that Bob Baffert? He's still he's still out and about, you know, and he's got good horses, and and you know he's a good trainer, you know. Really, when you get down to it, he just had a a lot of unfortunate bad advice, I would say, in his uh, route to the Derby this year and his deal with Kentucky, uh, the uh, Kentucky Racing Commission. Um, Bob decided that uh, since he can't run, since he can't run in the Derby this year. What he's going to do is he's going to point his horses all for the Preakness and for the Belmont. And his owners have got behind him and said, you know, we're not going to switch the horses over to another trainer. We're going to keep you as the trainer, and we're going to get on, you know, a road to the Preakness and to the Belmont, which, you know, which is a a, a good thing. Um, You know, they're doing the right thing. And, but it's a, how they went about it, and, and that's what, what concerns me. Um, you know, he he went about it like, you know, well we don't need Kentucky. He he, he bucked the system is what he did. Um, he had it. He had a, a positive test, and it led into this big ordeal for being suspended for two years, and you know all these different things and all like that. So, you know now and now it's like, well I'm going to show you. Uh, I I don't care whether I can con- Come to Kentucky. My owner said they don't care uh, about going to Kentucky, so we're going to stay out of Kentucky. We're not even going to push the issue anymore. We're done with Kentucky. So we'll go for the Preakness and for the Belmont. But the thing of it is, is it's kind of like he's saying to you know the horse industry. Well, I guarantee you that for as long as I'm not in Kentucky, there's not going to be a Triple Crown winner because he's going to load up for the Preakness and the Belmont. That's what he's going to do. And there's a prime example. We have derby points at Santa Anita Park uh, tomorrow. Uh, The post time is at um, at 5.15 Eastern Time, 2.15 Pacific Time. It's Robert B. Lewis. And this is a good race. It always uh, produces a lot of good winners out of it, you know, down the road and so forth. It's a pretty good race. Well, just to let you know, Bob Baffert's got three horses in here. Now, these are all for derby points. Um, I don't know how they break them down, you know, if Bob wins, if they spread the points down to the ones below, or, you know, just how they do that. And I'm going to get into that, and that's going to take quite a while to figure that out with the, racing, with the derby uh, point system. But anyhow, uh, Bob's got uh, three horses in there. He's got Wind Me Up, uh, which uh, he's a real good horse. He's quick out of the gate, that's for sure. Um, it's a $200,000 one mile, um, Robert B. Lewis Stakes. It's the first race at, at Santa Anita. And like I said, he's got Line Me Up, and then he's got another one called Coach Prime, which that horse can really, he can flat run. He he can flat run it. And, um, then, then he has, um, uh, Nyros in there. So he's got three of the nine horses in the race. And so you're going to find that very common. Uh Throughout the rest of the racing season here up until the derby, other than you know in Kentucky, so you'll see him show up in hot springs New orleans uh you know New York, you know that type of thing, California, to see how they can get these horses you know into and, and the into the Derby, but you know like I said, it's a lot of planning that goes into it for the uh trainers and for the owners, and what the trainers are trying to do now is to figure out what they have to do to get this horse, their horses through the spring and into the summer. And one of the unique things that's gonna, that they're looking at, and this play, this weighs heavy in the plans that they're making, they could possibly have a horse for the Belmont Stakes this year. Now, the Belmont Stakes is going to be run uh, in uh, Saratoga because they're re- rebuilding uh, Belmont Park. So this is a whole different ballgame here that, that they're looking at. What they've done is they've, they've reduced the Belmont stakes from a mile and a half down to a mile and a quarter. So this is, this is good. You know, this is good for a lot of trainers because there's a lot of trainers that don't have horses that could go a mile and a quarter but can make a mile, um, mile and a half for the Belmont, but they can make the mi- mile and a quarter for this year's Belmont. So now they're rethinking things. How are they going to do it? You know, which way are we going to go? And I'm telling you, it's going to be loaded. There's, um they got all their, uh, they got four days of racing uh, before the Belmont. Uh, Thursday, June 6th, uh, they got the Belmont Gold Cup, the Astoria Stakes, the Jersey Girl, and the Tremont. Um, that's on, um, on uh, Thursday, June the 6th. Then on Friday, um, June the 7th, uh they got the New York Stakes, the Acorn, just a game and the Intercontinental. And uh those are really good races. Those those are good, good races. And then um on June the eighth you have the Belmont Stakes, presented by Niar Betts. They have the Metropolitan Handicap, the Resorts World Casino Manhattan and the Manhattan, the Ogden Phipps, uh the Jaipur, uh the Woody Stevens, the True North, the Suburban, and the Poker. Stakes races. So those, that's on, uh, Saturday. And then Sunday, they got the commentator, they got critical Isle, they got Kingston, they got Mount Vernon, the Mike Lee, and, um, the, the wire And let me tell you, those are all for New York, New York brands, which is, you know, which is, which is good. That's four days of intense racing. And what I like about it is a lot of these trainers are already up at Belmont training, uh, now that, um, uh, you know they're going to be opening up early up there. Uh, they're going to go right on up to Saratoga and they're going to be training, and they're going to be looking towards you know that weekend of racing is what's is what they're doing. So, and and then they you know they'll stay there and then you know literally uh, four weeks, five weeks later, Saratoga opens up for racing. So you know they might as well be there and get it all together and and you know get it get a little early jump on on the Saratoga meet. Uh, which is which is going to be uh, something, you know, to see. But this is all the things that these trainers are looking at now. And, and on the way to the Kentucky Derby, in the back of their mind, there's, they've got New York on their mind. They're thinking about New York because what can we do, you know, to take advantage of getting that money, getting up there to Saratoga, to start training, you know, and, and have a great summer. You know, there, there's a lot of good races at Saratoga, and I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of good things that happen at Saratoga in the summer. Kind of sets your, uh, uh, your 2025 racing season all up, uh, when you go to Saratoga. Cause you got the two year olds and you got the older horses and, you know, there's just so much there for them. But, uh, on, as far as the Derby's concerned, um, like I said, we've been talking about weather, racetrack conditions. We've had, Frozen tracks, we've had, uh, you know, sub-zero weather, we had racing cancels, we had rain, uh, we just had a lot of things that, you know, that have happened to this point. Now the horses are fit and they're ready to go, but by February, the first of February, all the cars are down on the table. You gotta start hammering out your, your path to the derby. Uh, you, you can't afford any setbacks. From February on to the Derby, you just cannot afford any setbacks uh, because those are crucial, and it can throw you in a whole different situation. You might be entered in one of the Derby prep races for points, and you get a, a small field, but uh, the weather's bad, and, and you know it's rainy, it's sloppy, it's whatever, and that slows you down. That takes you, it takes you out of your rhythm. And it's very difficult on a horse, you know, that can't get out on a regular schedule, can't get a good track to train on, you know, a lot of issues. Um, most of the time, it comes in Arkansas. Um, Arkansas can have some bad days there. They can have some cold weather. They can A lot of unusual things. You go down to the fairgrounds in New Orleans, and, you know, that, that's kind of dicey. It can be good. It can be bad. But for the most time in New Orleans, in and, New and, uh, um in the wintertime, it's pretty good racing. You know, it's pretty good. You got a lot of good, uh, derby prep races there. In fact, you know, you got like three that you can earn points out of. Same thing at Hot Springs. And, and then, you know, of course, then you have Florida. Um you got the prep races over at Tampa and you got prep races there at Gulfstream. And, and usually the weather is pretty good here. Uh, you know, for the horses, they, they're consistent. Uh, there's just a lot of good things that could happen. Now, we've had a lot of cool weather down here, not compared to what they have up north, but um, our our weather that we've had here, you know, has been in the 50s and 60s at nighttime, which makes it really good for for training horses. Um, You know, the heat's not beating them up in the the day, and, you know, it gets a little cool at night, but uh, they kind of like it. They they start feeling their oats, as the old-timers say, is what they do. And so then you got, we got coming up... um, Tomorrow, the Holy Bull. Um, then we had the Fountain of Youth and then the Florida Derby. We got the Sam Davis over at Tampa and the Tampa Bay Derby over there. So we've got five races here over the next few months that you can get derby points in. And you got good weather, you know, uh, most of the time here. Just a lot of things that are good for training your horse and getting them ready to go up to Kentucky, you know, is what you do. And so then, you know, we're sitting here looking – at uh, the, ho- the races that are coming up, like um, tomorrow. The fierceness is the towering presence in the eight-horse uh, Holy Bullfield. Um, he's the lightly raced son of City Light, whom bred by the Repulse Stable has not started since uh, capping his 2023 cha- uh, campaign with a victory in the November 3rd uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, Hall of Famer Todd, uh, Todd has kept fairness his fierceness on a steady work pattern since the Colt received a brief, fre- uh, freshening at the trainers, uh, Palm Beach, uh, downs, uh, with their home. And that, that's, that's part of what we have here. But, um, uh, you know, so he, Todd, Todd is the master of bringing horses off of long layoffs. He's just, he's just really good at that. Uh, and I, and I had to, and I had to kind of be proud of this. And, and I said, I'll tell you, a lot of it has to do with the train facility that he's at. That's a big, that's a big to do where you're training at. Uh, it's like a private training center for him. He does real good. Um, Brandon Mills, our general manager, he, he takes care of that like there's no tomorrow. You know, he's there pretty much 24-7 making sure that track's ready to go you know, for Todd's horses over there. Todd's got over 120 horses there this year. So it's really um, it's really good to see, you know, him come out of that and to know the things about these horses. Now, there's a lot of the competitors that, he, that are here, they either stabled at Gulfstream or over at Palmetto's, which is Gulfstream's uh, training facility up here in Boynton Beach. And so, you know, you kind of look at those things and see where they're at and what they're doing and of course, I'm a big guy on weather conditions and, and, uh, you know, uh, staying with the flow. And, and it's pretty good here, you know, in South Florida. So, but, you know, we're going to see in the Holy Bull over there, uh, s- uh, Saturday. Derby points are all up for grabs. It's race 12 on the card. Um, post time is 548. It's one mile and one sixteenth on the dirt. So these horses are stepping up, getting closer to that mile and a quarter. Um, you know uh, that the derbies run at and see how they do a lot will be told a lot will be told out of this race and, and I tell you this, when this race is over we're, we're going to know how many is going to run in the Florida Derby you know a month from now we're going to see you know how many will be in there um, we have uh, uh Hades H-A-D-E-S Hades he's a Florida brand Um it's Joe Orsino's horse, a nice horse. Um, he's breaking out of the one post. We got um, we got an Indiana brand in here for Jane Sabelli. It's um, it's a nice horse, uh, Inglewood, Inglewood, nice horse. And I tell you what, Jane Sabelli's been known to pull an upset or two here and there. But um, she gets her mind on something, she'll do do it. And this is an Indiana bread, which is very unusual, you know you don't see too many indiana breads and lo and behold here in the Holy Bull, we got an Indiana bread and we got an Iowa bread um uh, francisco uh, d'angelo's got no more time he was he's an Iowa bread um let's see who else we got we got Christopher christoph christoph cormont um he's got Otello uh, in there which uh I think this horse needs a longer distance. I think he's more of a mile and a quarter, a mile and a half horse. We got Dancing Groom by, um, with Antonio Santo. We got uh, No More Time, uh with um Francisco D'Angelo and Iowa bread. Uh we got domestic product uh, for Chad Brown, um Kentucky bread, and then we got Fierceness, uh for Todd Fletcher, um but she's just overwhelmingly uh, the most talent in in this race, and then Eddie Owens Owens has C streak in there, but um, this is going to be a real interesting race. Uh, it's just going to be uh, how should I say? I, I don't I don't think that the, and all the experts say. Now this is just me, and, I, and certainly I'm not an expert. It's just my own my own opinion on this. I think Fierceness is ready for this race. And it's not because he's at our Palm Beach Downs Farm. It's because it's Todd Pletcher. I think he's ready for this race. But this is the kind of race that you can get a big upset in. And and, and these horses, this might be their Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Because quite every one of these horses in there, I think, is their Kentucky Derby tomorrow. I really do. If they if they win this race, then they're they're going straight to the Kentucky Derby. Um, they might run in the Florida Derby, but I think tomorrow's going to be a real big test, you know, for the for these horses and their and for their trainers and their owners and their jockeys. Uh, and they're, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the weight distribution in this race is um, from one eighteen to one twenty two. And it's gonna be, uh, to 124, which is, um, fierceness. Uh, he's breaking out of the seventh post. And Todd's always had good luck down here with these horses. And you know, when you go to the Derby, you're looking at 126 pounds. So this is gonna be a good test for, um, you know, for fierceness. He's got that extra weight that he'll be carrying. Um, Hayes has got 118. Um, the next, Otello's got 122. And then the rest are all 118, with the exception of fierceness, and he's 124. So he's gonna get he's gonna get a little bit of test tomorrow. Um, it's gonna be 124 pounds uh, for him, close to the derby weight, and he hadn't run since uh, last November. So we're gonna see what happens um, with that. Um, then, like I said, back um here uh, a few weeks ago on the twenty-seventh. Uh, the February 3rd card was going to have the Southwest Stakes in it in Oakland Park. And, uh, that's, this is all carrying Derby points. It's $800,000 Southwest Stakes, uh, at Oakland. Uh, a second of four prep, prep races on the road to the Kentucky Derby t- tomorrow. Um, the point schedule is 20, 10, 6, 4, and 2 to the top one of five finishers. And, like I said, they had to move that from the 27th uh, to the 3rd, which is not really, uh, you know, a big deal, um, you know, for them. Then they have uh, uh, the uh, $1.25 million uh, South uh, Rebel Stakes, which is coming, uh, and then the Arkansas Derby. So they've got three, three races there that those guys don't even have to leave Hot Springs to get their Derby points to qualify, you know, if they win for the Derby. Um, Southwest Stakes, it's a it's a real good test uh, of horses. Um, I'm telling you, it's a mile and a sixteenth for three year olds on the dirt. Um, they got a twelve horse field. They got a twelve horse field, and the most anybody's carrying in this race, unlike the the Holy Bull, at uh, Gulfstream Park. Is 118 pounds, or 119 pounds, sorry about that. And all of a sudden, what do we see here in Hot Springs? Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert shows up. So he's he's going to have his hand in that derby one way or another. Uh, you know, uh, if he wins this race and then the horse out of this race goes on to win the Kentucky Derby, Bob said, well, I beat the derby winner. You know, so that's he'll he'll go all the way across the country, you know, to to be uh, running in these races and and all. So, um, but we got the usual trainers in there. Askmeason's got a couple in there, um, which he he should do good with. Um, You know, I was thinking just the other day. You got Askmeason sitting here, you know, with a couple of horses sitting here. D. Wayne Lucas has got a horse. Just steal. this steal. Just steal. That's, that's, that's like steal the iron. And this horse could be an iron horse. He's a nice horse. And, uh, he just might steal everything tomorrow there, you know, in Hot Springs. Uh, it's, it's a good race. Uh, good, you know, like I said, got Ashby's and got, uh, um, You know, D. Wayne Lucas in it, Brad Cox is in it, Kenny McPeak, uh, a lot of good, good horse people in here. So this is going to be, like I said, the true test. And out of this 12 horse field, you might see five of them move on to the, to the next, uh, to the next Derby points. And the great thing about uh, Oakland, you don't have to leave Oakland to get more Derby points. You just, you got three races in a row that you can qualify. The qualifying points for it. Forward. And hopefully you can get enough to do that because at this stage in the game, you don't have to want to be chasing derby points at different tracks that you're changing, you know, training at and all. So that, that's going to be uh, interesting. And then, um, on the third, it's Santa Anita. They got the Robert B Lewis. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a good race. It's a good stepping So I always like to see this race, uh, the horses out of this race, uh, go on to the Preakness. Um, you know, and see what they can do there, and which I know they're going to have at least two out of here go on to the Preakness from this race. Um, Bob Baffert's got one, uh, one in here, Wind Me Up, uh, carrying 120 pounds, and then he's got another one in there. Uh, let's see what he got. Uh, Coach Prime and Niros. Uh They're in there, and they're each carrying 120 pounds. So three of the nine horses Baffert has. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here and and, and you know what they do and how they do it and also four horse four race weekend you see all of them on i e n t v dot org uh they post time so uh be on there straight takes you right to them one click and uh to i e n t v dot org and then you can jump around the channel there and see what all you got and you know they they're all live and straight from the track Twas their commentators and not me, which is good, takes the pressure off of me. And also, on. Uh, it's gonna see what happens. Now, this is, this is the one that, that I follow. I'll I follow this religiously. It's Byron King's Derby Dozen, presented by Spencer. They, they give the top 10 or 12 horses Here, and the top 10 are usually the ones to stick with in there. Um, At the top of the list, they have fierceness. Um, Owner and trainer is uh, Todd Pletcher and Repole Stable. Uh, This is a really nice horse. Uh, Hasn't done a lot, but when he did go to race, he was doing good. Uh, the 2023 British Cup Juvenile winner and newly crowned champion, two-year-old of, male of the year for 2023, leads a field of eight in the February 3rd Holy Bull stakes at Gulfstream Park. Hall of Famer Todd Pletcher, who trains fiercest for the Repo stable, uh appreciates the spacing of the Holy Bull uh, before the major uh before the Kentucky Derby. Um uh, he just likes it. He preps in late March and early April. If he runs well on the Holy Bull at Gulfstream Park, the March 30th Florida Derby would be enticing uh, for the final prep race before the run for the roses. Pivoting to a race like that, April 6th uh, Bluegrass uh, Stakes. Now, see, he's got two options there. Um, he he could go he could go ahead and uh, run tomorrow. If he runs good, uh, then he then they're gonna keep him right there at Palm Beach House and then they'll bring him back, uh, you know, and run him in the um in the Florida Derby. So, you know, that that's March thirtieth. So the, the spacing between the Holy Bull the the um uh Florida Derby and a Kentucky Derby fits right into his pattern. He did that with Always Dreaming and Super Saver, uh when they won the Derby. So he, he's doing good with it. Um So now the second horse in the Derby dozen is a Todd Fletcher horse also. The Clips Fairbred Partners in Walmack Farm and Todd Fletcher are are the owners and trainers. Um, This horse is a surprising horse. Locked. Locked is his name. He's really a tough horse. It's another Todd Pletcher trainee. Last year's Breeders' Cup Futurity winner and, and Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile finished third in the BC, in the BC uh, Juvenile. So he got beat out by his stable mate, but he finished third. He's scheduled to run a week later in seriousness in Sam F. Davis over at Tampa Bay. And that's a great stepping stone, too. Pletcher's prior Derby winner, Super Saver and Always Dreaming, um, uh, used that as a stepping stone to win in the Derby. Made their first starts as three-year-olds at Tampa. Super Saver ran third in the Tampa Bay Derby before a second-place uh place finish in the Arkansas Derby at Oakland. And Always Freeman kicked off his year with a maiden triumph win at Tampa before a follow-up wins in an allowance race, uh optional claim on at Gulfstream Park. And then he won the Florida Derby. So... They have options here and and that's what I like about it. Uh, you know, you get all these different options for these horses and, you know, at the track and you you want to keep them consistent and, and, you know, keep them in a routine. And by staying here like in Florida and like in Arkansas, you stay in the same routine, same track and you know what you're dealing with every day and those horses get used to it. And they're not jumping all around like the, say from here to New York to Maryland to California and you know what have you. They're all staying right at home. Uh, Darnage, uh, is, this is a real nice horse. I tell you, Danny Gargan trains this horse. Um, he's the winner of two of four starts and is pointed to a later run, uh, return uh than the top two aimed at the march uh fourth or second fountain of youth at Gulfstream um so you see there there's there's races that he can run uh down here, and he can not have to go against the you know the big top horses you know, but still yet you know you're getting derby points and making money with a horse, and they'll be going in the fountain of youth uh, which is march second um so you know it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this is the full brother to, um, to the Derby winner, Match. Uh, the 2023 Derby winner. He's the full brother to Match, so we know he can get the distance. He should be able to. He he recorded his second workout of the winter at Palmetto's Training Center on January 30th with a half mile time in 49 and one, which you know that's pretty good. So now these guys are kind of bringing them along slowly uh you know they're not they are not beating them up uh you know they're they're getting you know good works out of them at the different training facilities uh they're getting them in good competition to give you know get their derby points and everything and, and like i said it's all a plan uh when you start planning everything you want everything to go just right you know you, you, know, you don't need any any bad days like they had uh you know, before at um, hot springs where it's snow and rain and ice and everything, but they've kind of gotten over that, you know, there and down here with the, uh, with uh, Danny Gargan. And, 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 well, Palm Meadows is six miles from Palm Beach Towns. You know, so we see all all these people here, and and you know the, we hear the talk that's going on, um, you know, around town about who's going where and what and when, and, and so that that's going to be an interesting uh, horse there. Uh, you know, to keep an eye on. Now, this Derby Dozen right here that we have, I would say the winner is going to come out of this this uh, announcement of this Derby do- Dozen, and I I think that's what's going to happen. There's a lot of things that could happen down the road with other prey presses in New Orleans and, and Hot Springs, you know, in Kentucky and, and uh, California and all, but I think this is one, one of the winners that's going to be right out of here um, this horse uh, ran here not too long ago. Um I, I tell you, he ran, he ran, uh, uh, he had an initial stakes victory, uh, was in the Gunrunner Stakes at the Fairgrounds. Uh, I tell you, he, he's a good looking horse. He can run, he can flat out run. His name's Track Phantom. Um, I like that Steve Ashemusen has this horse. Steve knows how to get him ready, and he's ready to roll with him. Um I, I tell you, the thing of it is, is, uh, you gotta figure out where you're gonna go with it. Um, and they, they're talking about his speed rating was 93 Equibase Speed Figure, was the lowest, uh, winning, uh, uh, uh rating in, in a couple months since Mr. Bowling and, um in two, two, 2012. Um so, you know, but I, like I said, I don't put a lot into speed ratings. I don't put a lot to anything. All I put in and all I think about is what that horse did on that day. That horse was the best horse of that day. There's no doubt about it because he won. And same with all these other horses. I don't care what you They don't pay you for a high speed rating. That's for sure. They pay you for who gets to the wire first. And that's what I look at. This horse knows how to get to the wire. He ran against a good field. You know, and that's, that's what it, he did what it take, took to win. Could he do more? We don't know. We don't know until the next time he runs and we'll see what happens, you know, with Um, I tell you, I, I like him. I like the trainer, track phantom. Uh, he's a quality road. So we know he can get the distance. He's got, he's uh, by an inch of mischief there, which is really good. You know, so I, I like that. Um, and that's Steve Ashmuson and Track Phantom. Now, the fifth horse in our Derby dozen is Sierra Le- Leone. Su- Susan Magner, Michael Tabor, Derek Smith, Westberg, and Rocket Ship Racing. And Peter Brandt, on- and Chad Brown is the trainer. Now, let me tell you something. You got some heavy duty hitters right there in the horse business. That's the only fans are butts about it. From from the groom and the hot walker to Chad Brown, the trainer, to the owners, yeah, they're unbelievable people. Uh, they are good people. Uh, this pedigree, it, it looks like like he he might be able to get it. Uh, he was a two point three million dollar a yearly buy uh, when they bought him. Um, let me tell you, it's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be a, a good horse. The thing that I liked about him, that uh, he was beaten in the final furlongs of the Ransom. Uh, it was a long, sustained rally from last. Uh, may have left him in a bit of a fatigued state, I would say. And what I liked about it is it, it was a long, sustained try to catch him. Try to catch him. And I think that that's going to help him a lot in the derby because the derby, you know, you know, it's mile and a quarter, there's 20 horses, there's all kinds of crazy things that can happen. But this horse is already exper- experienced as, as uh, some of the old timers would say, a dog fight, you know, from the get-go. And and that's that's what I like about this horse. From the get-go, this horse is always thinking, move forward, Uh, you know, quick and fast as he can. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what his next uh, thing will be. And it will be uh, February 17th. Um, It's going to be the Risen Star Stakes at the fairgrounds. And it's going to be his first attempt at two turns. See, that's another thing that, you know, we have really talked a lot about. You know, these horses are used to going to one-turn miles or, you know, just a one-turn race. Ah, they're up into the big time, and they got to go two turns. It's a whole different ball game. There, it's two races for them now, from the gate to the mile pole, and from the mile pole to the wire, and everything. So we'll see how well he adjusts to it. Uh, you know, but again, uh, he, he's an nice horse. Uh, the, the fatigue might have got to him at the mile and an eighth, but we're gonna we're just gonna see what what goes on with him. Um there's Forever Young. This horse is a Japanese horse. See, um, I'm telling you, these guys are right on top of it. I think that if you're ever going to pick a long shot, Forever Young is going to be the horse that you're going to have to beat. Um, I think he's going to be a tough one. Uh, the Japanese are getting close. They, they've got a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort into it. And I've seen a lot of their, uh, people training over here and working here in the states and, you know, um, educating themselves. So this could be, this could be interesting. Um, he, he's got his uh, Japanese jockey on him and, uh, forever young. I think it will be the, would, would be, will be and could be the upset of the day here, uh, forever young. Then we have, a, Timber Lake, uh, which is owned by Sienna Farm and One Star, uh, Brad Cox chain train. Uh, this horse is, he's bred like there's no tomorrow. He's, uh, into mystery, uh, by looking at Lucky. And that horse he, he got the bloodline to do it. If you can't do it with that bloodline, then you need to go to pony rides at the fair. Uh, and that's, that's going to be a tough one. Um, he won the Champagne Stakes, which is one turn a mile. Uh, it was in the slot. Uh, he had more questions, uh, to answer than other leading Derby competitors with two turns experience. But this is a talent that's obvious. Uh, besides the Champagne, he also ran a second in a seven furlong hopeful Stakes and fourth in the Breeders Cup Juvenile. So this horse had been there and done that. You know, it's just it's just going to be interesting about the two terms, you know, and in the weather and everything. He's gone through some uh, real weather issues there and, and everything, so it was uh it was interesting to see, you know, uh what he'll do. Uh, you know, I tell you uh, again, you come up and, and you know that laying out there in a starting gate somewhere. There's there's another rich strike somewhere, just laying there to come out. Uh, this Honor Marie by Whit Beckman, uh, Honor Code uh, Dame Marie uh, by Smart Strike. Um, I tell you, <laughs> again, you don't know you you know you think, well, why is he in here? He brings a nice record into the three three year old season, uh, having won two or three starts, including the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes in a fall at Churchill now. Now, see, he's got a race and a win over the track at Churchill. So that gives him a little bit of an advantage, you know, exp- You know, schooling-wise. When he gets back there, he's going to know what it's going to be like, you know, to be at Churchill. Um, I tell you, I think he's going to go good. He might be a mile horse. We know he's seven furlongs for sure. Uh, that, that's for sure. Um Remington Springboard Mile Stakes last late last year, and is entered in Saturday Southwest Stakes, the February seventeenth Risen Star Stakes is this three year old's next intended start. So it's going to be interesting to see you know what he does with that. Um, it, it looks like they're searching for a spot for him and can't find it what it looks like because the races that he had it didn't really tell him anything you know right now they should be thinking about a mile and a quarter not a mile and an eighth or two turns you know that's what they should be thinking about now now i tell you this is a hot horse everybody likes it's called Catching Freedom Uh this is a nice horse he's trained by Brad Cox this is um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does Uh it's going to be real interesting to see uh, if he can if he can get the ground if he can get some good races on it. You know, you're looking at the, between now and the Derby, you're looking at just uh, um, you know two more races for your horse. That's all you got to work with. You got two races to work with, and you know if everybody's jumping around trying to get Derby points here and there, oh boy, that could be that could be tough. Because you could be running literally in the next two races, you could be running in four horse fields. And, um, you know, if you got a full field like that, you're going to get some banging around and you're going to get some stuff that you just don't know what's going to happen, you know, to you in it. Um, now we Steve Asham has got another horse in there. Uh, it's, it's called Hall of Fame. Um, Steve, Steve is a great trainer. And I tell you what, if anybody deserves to win a derby, it's Steve Aspuson. That guy works hard. His family, he grew up in the business. Uh he's got a family that are, that are jockeys, he's got family that are trainers, breeders, horse transporters, hot walkers, grooms, everybody gets into it with Aspieson you know, barn. And, and I would really like to see him win win the Derby this year. Uh that's Hall of Fame that he has. And and I th- I think that Steve's got him in the right spot. Uh you're bringing him along. Uh they're not gonna push him or abuse him. And, and he he's gonna be right there. He's gonna be solid, that's for sure this year. Um a two year old turn maiden race proved a good uh, learning experience for this one point four million dollar yearling purchase, who rolled rode uh from just off the pace in the January twentieth, mile mile and sixteenth race at the fairgrounds. Uh, in his second career start. After some initial reluctance uh, to advance inside of the leader, who was setting a hot pace, Hall of Fame took over and shot away by a 10-and-a-quarter length uh, uh, win. The time was slow, but it was a good education. It was a good education. You know, so that that's what I hope to see. Uh, you know, with this horse. The horse was was smart enough to not, you know, spook. He was uh, smart enough to keep on going. And when you get a horse that does that on his own, you know, then you're you're talking business there. And and like I said, I think Steve has got this horse right and ready to go. He'll run one maybe two more times before the Derby and uh, you know, that'll that'll be his litmus test for uh, you know, getting to the Derby. Then he'll be uh, in, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the Risen Star is uh, his next uh, next race out uh, there in High Springs. and see again. All these trainers have pooled up because all the racetracks got smart about this Derby point system. They said, "Well, you know, if we if we get a series of races, you know, two or three races for them to run in, you know, and get, to get points, then we're going to keep those horses here." And the trainers like it because they don't have to go running all over creation, you know, to get Derby points. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here uh, with them. And Todd uh, Todd Pletcher's got a third one here in the um, in the top uh, in the Derby dozen. Um, It's um, Barn Noble is the name of the horse. Uh, Unbelievable uh, horse. Uh, Deciding on the final spot in in the Derby Dozen is always a challenge uh, for our guy here. It's, uh, uh, you know, he's good about it, but it's a a troubling thing. Um, It always shows a challenge with his horses, such as Conquest Warrior, Knight's Bridge, and Speakeasy. Among uh, those considered, but Born Noble clings to the final spot. He impressed in his long start, December 30 at Gulfstream, running seven furlongs in one twenty four and and two. Uh, despite drifting towards the uh, down the lane, um, Putter gave fierceness his fastest work before Saturday's Holy Bull, five furlongs at Palm Beach uh Then January uh, January 20th, um, he put the champion in company um, with Barn Noble. Barn Noble stayed competitive while uh, appearing second best. Uh, The three-year-olds run in a first-level allowance optional claimer over one-turn mile Saturday at Gulfstream, and uh, goes as a 6-3. So see, that's showing you that a lot of these trainers, uh, they've got all these races planned out for their horses. And like I said before, and we talked about last week, is on the undercard. There's a lot of races on the undercard that can really, you know, uh, be good for you. Like the Swale Stakes. Uh, you know, you got the Fountain of Youth, and then you got the Swale Stakes that day. Swale Stakes, 7 4 long, great race. It was named after the horse Swale that uh, Woody Stevens trained. And, um, you know, there, there's just so many races that these trainers have to look at. But, you know, it's the derby points thing. you got to start piling up them derby points. And and so we're to a point now that after this Saturday, if you don't have quite a few derby points after Saturday, then your chances of going to the derby are going to be slim to none. They'll be slim to none because, let's say, if fierceness gets up there and wins another 10 points, He's, he's got 40 points in and it's going to be hard to catch that. It's going to be hard to catch that. You know, because the next one down on the list for derby points is locked, uh, you know, a barn mate of, uh, of, um, fierceness. So we know that that, that horse, they're going to try to catch him with that horse and they could, you know, so that's, that's going to be an interesting uh, situation for these trainers. And, and I'll tell you after Saturday, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna see a lot of midnight oil being burned Saturday and Sunday going into Monday and to see how their horses came out of the races Saturday, you know, that type of thing. And then the owners and the trainers are gonna get together and say, okay, this is our final drive. You know, and it's now or never, you know, and that's what are that's what they're gonna be planning, planning to do. And I tell you, it's a tough situation to be in. That's for sure. Uh, you know, it's gonna come down to uh, you know who who gets lucky that day. You know, as they say, um, there's one thing that we got to remember coming into all these Derby Point races uh, with Churchill Downs um, Incorporated. Continue to ban uh, Bob Baffert from racing at its tracks for his horses uh, from earning Derby points and qualifying points. None of the top three-year-olds, such as Moot Niles or in the Derby Dozen. Though they are two of the top three-year-olds in the country, a logical target is May 18th Preakness for Bob Baffert, who won last year's Pemico race with National Treasure. Uh, See, these are the things that uh, we really start to look at uh, when we get out here with all these horses. Uh, You know, Baffert's going to play into somewhere along the line Uh, with all these horses, he's, he's pointing for the preakness and which is going to be, be different, you know, and it's going to be different for him. Uh, but Bob, like I said, Bob's a good trainer. He's one of those kind of guys that, you know, you're going to argue and fight, you know, about everything. And and I tell you, one of the, one of the toughest things for a horseman in the horse business is to be honest and, and be honest with himself. Uh, that, that's, that's the main thing is you've got to be honest with yourself and honest with your owner because that, that's what, it, what it's all about, is that honesty. Uh, and, you know, sure, you know, I've, I've been around, you know, I've been around, and I'm telling you, uh, it's, a, it's a tough road to go. And, and you always have that derby dream. In 82, when we had Alabama in the Kentucky Derby, uh, the, the whole three months before the derby, it was TV cameras, news reporters, it was everything. You know, it, it was all that and then some. And then after we ran, uh, we ran. I think it was eleventh in the Derby. There, there was a news reporter the next day. It was it was the highest of highs and lowest of lows. You know, and, and that's just the way the business is. Some people have a hard time dealing with it. You know, and in Bob's case, um, you know the horse tested positive. Instead of saying, you know, hey, let's figure out what happened. Uh, let's let's see what you know what this is all about. Let's see what this is all about. And he kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And then it got to the point to where you know, if you read read on your license when you take your test for a trainer, the ultimate responsibility of the welfare is the trainer. He has care, custody, and control of the horses. He's got care, custody, and control of the grooms, the hot walkers, the cat in the barn. He's got uh, care custody and control of the owners, and it's up to him to make this happen. And when the, when the horse tested positive, and they said, well, you know, it, it could have been an ointment. It could have been this. It could have been that. If if Brad, I mean, uh, Bob would just said, okay, you know, sorry about my luck. You know, I'll try not to do it again. And then investigate it, find out what it was, and then go from there. But no, he he spent two years without running in the Derby because he he was he he was trying to prove a point. Well, you know this is this is the sad part about it. Yes, Bob's won a Triple Crown. He's won a Derby quite a few times. He's won a lot of things. But there's one thing that you can't you, he can't get rid of. There's going to be an asterisk by his name in the Derby, and that asterisk is going to tell exactly what happened and what he did. And he'll never be able to shake that. He'll never be able to shake that. That's for sure. But like I said, he's a good trainer. He just needs to get it together. And I and I really respect his owners for having you know uh, staying behind him um, in the races and not transferring the horses over to another trainer like he did the last couple of years. Um, I think I think the owners uh, really did good by it. And you know with Bob. Uh, he, he's a good guy, him and Joe, are good people, good horsemen, you know, all, all all the way around good people, you know, but the thing of it is, he got, he got caught, and the thing is, when he get caught, it's tough to deal with, <laughs> you know, and you, it's harder to, you just got to suck it up and say, okay, here we go, this is what we're going to do, uh, you know, what we're going to do, uh, you know, with it, but uh, we got some good races coming up here, uh, like I said, uh, coming up here, for, uh, Saturday, uh, we got some real good races. I mean, real, real good races. And, uh, um, they're gonna be all on TV, IENTV.org will have them there. You have a link right to them. You can watch them live with that. Um, we got the Southwest Stakes. Um, We've got 20 points, uh, is uh, for first place there. Uh, we got the Robert B. Lewis, which is out in, uh, uh, Santa Anita, uh, they got 20 p- points up for grab. But like I said, Bob baffert has got three horses in that race, and he'll probably knock those, those points out. Not, not be able to use. Then we got the Holy Bull, which is, um, uh, 20 points. Uh, that's at uh, Gulfstream Park. And then we have the Weather Stakes, which is 20 points, uh, at, at Aqueduct. So, you know, we got a lot of points coming up. And then uh, we got the Sam Davis. On uh, February the tenth, uh, which is a week from Saturday, um, with twenty points up for grabs, we got the Risen Star on the seventeenth. It's got fifty points up for grabs. Uh, we got the Hyacinth um, in Japan, uh, thirty points up for grabs. Uh, then we had the Sunland Park Derby um, at uh, uh, February eighteenth, yeah, the twentieth, and twenty points up for grabs. Then we're back again in. Um, the Rebel Stakes and Hot Shrink fifty points up for the Rebel Stakes. Uh, you know, then we have the um, the Patent Stakes is in Europe. That's March first, twenty points there. Then we're back at Gulfstream for um, Fountain of Youth, uh, twenty points there. Then uh, back out to Santa Anita for San Felipe, fifty points. Uh, the Gotham Stakes uh, will be at Aqueduct for fifty points on March second. Um, then the Tampa Bay Derby, 50 points on March 9th. Um, the condition stakes in Europe, uh, March 13th, 20 points. Uh, let's see here. Louisiana Derby will be March 23rd for 100 points. The Jeff Ruby stakes, uh, March 23rd for 100 points. Uh, UAE Derby is on the March 30th, 100 points. Arkansas Derby, 100 points uh Florida Derby 100 points, the Cardinal Condition Stakes uh in Europe 30 points, Santa Anita Derby uh 100 points. Uh the Bluegrass 100 points, the Wood Memorial 100 points and the Lexington Stakes 20 points. So, you know, the thing of it is is and like we've always been saying here the, the the tracks got smart. They got they want to keep those good trainers there all the time. All the time. Get those races in the right spots for them, right? So if you see how they go up, they go from 20 to 30 to 50 to 100. And, uh, then you're, then you're on the road to go. And also that's going to be interesting to see over the next, over oh, this weekend especially. But you know, like I said, what I was just trying to say today is about everything is that, uh, you, you, you take your horses and you get them ready. You know, from the fall, from the summer to the fall, uh, you know, you get them ready, get them conditioned, get them educated at school, see what kind of horse you got, teach them how to recover from races so that they can, you know, uh, make a good showing and, and, you know, do all those good things that you want them to do. And then, um, you know, just kind of roll the dice and see where you go. And so now, now that they're here at uh you know that crucial point. Um, this will be a heavy weekend for the trainers and the owners. They're going to have to decide where they go. And the other thing is, is you're going to be uh, talking to your jockey, and you're going to say, "Hey, well, what do you think? Should we go to the Derby? You know, with this horse?" And then that's when the uh, the, the jocks have really got to make their mind up of who they're going to ride in the Derby. So. Um, you know, tune in this weekend, um, watch the four races, all the other things we got on ientv.org. Have a great weekend, horsemen. Get your food ready, get your party time going on, and watch the, how they get there, the 2024 Kentucky Derby. Tune in next Friday for all the results, and we'll see if I was right or wrong.